you ever felt that someone right behind you, but there's no one there, or you've been a part of a paranormal story, today we have some very scary stories for you. Welcome to Hangout Talks Halloween Edition. I'm Peter, aka the Suited Marketer, and I'm with Fret, Mr. Goodall. Getting together with Siege the DJ and Broker Quick for Halloween Edition. Hanging out and sharing creepy encounters, both paranormal and career-wise. So let's sit back and let's hang out. Our friends over at Suitably were gracious enough to help our listeners with a limited time offer on their custom suiting needs. Follow Hangout Talks and Suitably on IG and use promo code HANGOUT2020. That is H-A-N-G-O-U-T. 2020 at suitably.com to get $20 off your custom suits, which also contributes to improving Hangout Talks podcast. All right, everybody. I appreciate you all hanging out with us tonight. Since it's Halloween this week, Peter and I figured to, you know, share some scary stories and bring some of our guests that we had on the show before. Really good friends of ours. So we have Siege the DJ, we call him CJ, and Broker Gwook. We call him Gwok, and they're with us today, and man, we're excited to set this one off, and hey, welcome, you guys. How are you guys doing? Hey, welcome, guys. Hey, how's it going, man? Good to be back. Oh, yeah, yeah welcome back. Pleasure. Welcome. Hey, and, if you, and FYI, if you guys haven't listened to their episodes, CJ is DJ by night, Broker Gwok, his episode is automation so go back and listen to those episodes i believe it's season one and three great episodes to watch so remember to check that out but also yeah as tret mentioned scary stories all day it's halloween in a couple of days and man we got some stories for you i know you you have some stories cj that you wanted to talk about i do i do um i mean we can get right into it if you want Oh, let's go, man. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Please do. First Please one. do. CJ's up. All right. So, yeah, show you how it's done, story. CJ. Talking about ghosts and the abnormal and whatnot. So, my scary story, uh, the setting was uh, freshman and sophomore year of college, um, and I went to University of Denver. Uh, I worked as a library stacker for my work-study program. So, basically, what that is is uh, in the library, you know, people need to when, when people like return books, then you, you know, they have people that go into the bookshelves and just put all the books back. Uh, same thing for if people have requests for specific books, then, you know, you have to go in and, and try to find those books for those people that, that are requesting it. Um, and so during the time when I was there, um, our library was going through a whole remodel phase. Um, and the inventory of the books uh, were kind of spread out uh, across different parts of campus, right? Uh, and one of those places uh, was this place called Mary Reed Hall. Um, and so if you if you went to DU, uh, you, you know about this. Uh, it's an old building from like the 1930s, and it's really infamous for uh, being one of Colorado's most haunted places. Um, there's like a whole backstory about Mary Reed. She was like this philanthropist lady who gave a lot of money to the, uh, to the school and had that building made. She had a daughter, Marjorie Reed. She made a building as well. Daughter was... She might have been poisoned by someone. That's that's the story. But um, you know, regardless, that's one of the reasons why they say it's haunted. There's like a lot of ghosts and stuff uh, that people have seen there. But um, regardless, most of the books that I had to retrieve or return during that period were in that building. 
and but I work during the day, during the daytime, so um, most of the floors I frequented during that time usually had other people working there, so I wasn't really worried about anything, right? However, <laughs> one day uh, I had to return a book to the basement of Mary Reed, and I had never been to the basement before. Um, so I got on the elevator in Mary Reed, and um, another fact about this building is it has the second oldest elevator in Colorado. So it's one of those really old elevators where you like open the door and you like shut the gate and it's just, just super old school. And it's really loud when it goes up and down. Um, so I got in that elevator and the numbers that are listed next to the buttons, uh, they're all like rusty and worn down. So someone taped a sign next to those buttons with the uh, with the numbers written down on them, right? So we know where what floor to go on. Um, when I go to press the button for the basement, it didn't have a number next to it. All it had was a picture of skull and crossbones. That's all it had. So that was already like, I was already kind of freaking out like, oh, this is kind of weird. <laughs> so um, I pressed the button and um, when I arrived down at the basement, um, I entered this extremely like dark and narrow hallway. Um, and, and the whole place is concrete and brick and there, there are no windows in there. So it's just like, just a vision like a really, like a typical scary basement in any scary movie you've seen. Um, and there was like this, in the hallway, there was a single light that was coming from the end of it, from the end of the hallway where the bookshelves were located. Um, and there was also this like faint sound that was going from the bookshelves as well. Um, and so I, I kind of walked toward that area. And as I get closer, I start to recognize the sound as like this old song playing. It, it sounded like something from the 70s. I didn't know what the song was, but um, it I thought someone was like down there, you know, but um, I didn't know. So I got to the shelves and I noticed that the light and the sound were both coming from the corner of like the bookshelf area. Um, but I decided to start on the other end of the room um, and kind of zigzag through the shelves to, to find out where I need to return this book I had. Um, and I honestly, I don't even remember if I ever found that section um, because I, you know, I just passed through each row. And after a while, I was like, okay, no, there's definitely no one here because I didn't hear like anyone moving or there weren't any like footsteps. I, all I heard was that music that was playing. Um, so then my curiosity started to kick in and, and I slowly went toward that corner uh, where the light was. Um, and when I got to that corner, all I saw was this single light bulb hanging from the ceiling. Um, you know, it was on a cord and it was one of those like pull switches, like those really old ones. Um, and then there was also this old radio um, that was just on a stool. And that's where the music was coming from. It was coming from that radio. Um, so I kind of just stand there for a minute and I, I'm just looking at the whole scene and I noticed that the light in the air was like swinging. It was very subtle, but it was just enough to catch my attention, right? So I, I thought that was kind of weird. And then all of a sudden, the volume of the radio starts to slowly increase. And <laughs> and as it got, it, like it was oh, getting man. closer to max volume and then my eyes just started getting wide and I was like, oh crap. And so I, I run back to the elevator like as fast as I could. I close the door, I shut the gate 
and I, you know, I pressed the button to go back up to the main floor, but I was taking like really deep breaths as I was going back up to the main floor. Um, that was the last time I ever went to the basement. You know, I'm <laughs> pretty sure I didn't oh, take any more yeah. books down there. I made other people take the other books if I saw they were going to that place, but that was that was the one like ghost encounter. Uh, Dude, that's scary though. Ever. Especially like you you knew it was coming, but you're yeah. kind of like no. Especially like if you're in like America, like mm. there's not a lot of you don't hear a lot of these ghost stories. And we've seen so much movies like Paranormal Activity and stuff. Yeah. They're like, now nah, this is not real. But then as <laughs> you get like, but when you experience it, you're like, that's not normal. So you're like, oh mm -hmm. heck, heck no. Exactly. Like, no way. Yep. And, and exactly. Like I'm the type of guy that like, if I see something scary, like I'm not afraid to yell and be like, nope, nope, no, nope, <laughs> not doing this. And then just start running. Like I'm not afraid. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So, but yeah, yeah, that was probably the scariest, scariest experience I've had. So when you were running, uh, did, did you like, you know, when we run away from something, you were like, oh man, something's like right on my back about to grab my shoulder. I don't know if I even thought about that. Like, I didn't want something to be on my back. So I was just like, I gotta get, I gotta get out of there, you know? Oh, dude. So, yeah. No, I feel you there. Like, speaking of ghost stories, I think the one that I tell a lot is when I went to Regis. So Regis, background, super old buildings. Fun fact, if you didn't know Regis, they were built probably like really long time ago, probably like early 1800s, Jesuit Catholic school. When you hear Catholic school, old Catholic schools, with catacombs, underground tunnels and all that, you know what's up. Like it, that, that's kind of like the scary point. But there's this super old building, one of the very first buildings of Regis. I had classes there just to give you paint a picture. I was in the bathroom. I was like, okay, I'm gonna do my business and go to class. But I was probably like a good hour early. So I was like, yeah, I'll just chill in the hallways. Went to the bathroom, super old bathrooms, brick, like, like you said, like kind of the brick wall feel the bathroom was like those really old stalls and then old faucets where you still turn the handle, not the automatic ones. The only thing automatic in there was probably like the hand touch sensors. That's that's it. Walk in, lock the door, okay, I'm gonna use, do my business. So I was like, finish do, do my business. I wash my hands. I turn on my faucet and wash my hands. Then the next thing I hear is like, I hear kind of like the stalls shaking and I'm like, okay, like whatever, probably just old building, everything moves. I'm like, whatever fine who cares keep washing my hands take the soap whatever continue and then slowly neck right next to me there's another sink and you could hear that and i'm like this the faucet turning and i was like oh in my head i was like oh hell no hell no and right away the first thing i said was no no not funny put that and then like literally literally it both oh, handles i looked i saw it too i was like the both handles just turned and i was i was like no there's there's no automatic function for handles turning there's no way there's a function for automatic handles turning and i was like no way and like i started like i remember i started scrubbing my hands super hard i turn off i wash my hands and i was like yo like i just this is not funny i right away like i like you feel that all your hair is sticking up on your body I opened that door and I got out so fast, so fast. I was like, no, no way. And it, it's weird. Like you feel that presence though. Like, you know, there's something there, but you're like, screw it. I'm not going to stick there to like start a conversation with whatever's there. I remember you telling us this 
I, I don't know. I think it was a few months ago, and Gwok and yeah, I were yeah. standing there, and yeah. we're, we're laughing because in our heads was, okay, Peter just got done, and he was at, actually at the sink. But what if <laughs> Peter was actually in the stall still, and once that thing starts shaking, and the water oh, started man. going, I, I think Gwok and I were like, what if Peter? <laughs> oh man, I'll, I'll be like, like I'll be like, okay, I gotta finish the business. Gotta finish the business. Let's go. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not cool, man. If I was actually doing like a number two, and he's like, someone's like trying to freak me. Oh man, <laughs> I think my whole like urinary system would just stall right there. I'd be like, you gotta, like we gotta run. Now. I'll just empty out all the way. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> It'd be the fastest ever. It'd be the fastest ever, man. <laughs> Uh, oh man prop, props to you for uh getting through washing your hands man <laughs> oh, dude i was just like <laughs> like when i heard that trend, i was like I, I was surprised that I, like something came out came out of my mouth i was like no like hell no you that's not cool <laughs> like i was surprised i said something but i think i pissed it off more he's like oh really you want me to stop and he just really just like turned both handles i'm like okay that that's crazy I think that would be funny if you like put your hand under the water and be like, no, 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 no. This is warm. I want hot. Like turn it back the other way. <laughs> <laughs> got, got my old, started a new friendship with like some like priest ghost or some like random student ghost from the past or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't think they introduce themselves. They just turn on the water for you. Oh, I know. Um, but hey. They, Great service. Turn on the water for me. Yeah, it's great service, right? You should tip. You should tip. <laughs> Here's a tip. I'll, I'll bring you snacks. Yeah. Some incense. <laughs> all that good stuff. Like every month, just leave me alone. <laughs> Guok and I were talking to as well. I know Guok have some stories. I never had like a real life um, encounter with ghosts like CJ has, but um, I think this one time... Um, I'm a kind of guy that doesn't really have too many nightmares. Uh, I probably remember two nightmares I've had my entire life. Uh, one when I was a kid and one was uh, during this time when I'm about to tell the story. Uh, so it was back in college, kind of my junior, senior year. Uh, I started dating this girl. Uh, and it's about, I don't know, two or three months later, uh, she said, you know, come over and um, you know, meet my dad, meet my parents and all that. It's like, cool, yeah, I'll come over, we'll hang out. Um, so it was like a Saturday night came over um met everyone um had a couple beers with her dad and you know we sat there on the kitchen table talking for several hours you know he's a truck driver so he was going around all over the united states so he had a ton of stories to to tell you know i'm a i'm a lightweight so (laughs) you know one or two beers is enough for me i'm like um i probably can't drive home anymore so he's like you know the dad's like you know just, just stay the night. It's cool. I was like, Are "You sure?" I was like, "Yeah, it's, it's cool. Stay the night. Um, I want you to be safe, whatever." And so I did. I, you know, I, I crashed on the couch that night. Um, and that night, I mean, I remember like having this really weird dream. You know, you guys know when you go up like a like a cinder block uh, stairwell. Uh, it's just like it's just those stairwells are really creepy. It's kind of dingy. Might have homeless people sleeping there sometimes. Um, you know, really dark and dingy. So I was, I was dreaming I was walking up one of those things. And it's kind of like an endless staircase, like you're on the incline or something. And at the very top, like a faint figure was at the very top. 
and I look at her and it's like it looks like the grudge girl you know all dressed in black you know black hair down to her waist just like freaked the hell out of me I woke up it's like sweating cold sweat in the middle of the night it's in the dark living room um it's all by myself you know it's, it's creepy um and so somehow I just like you know covered my whole head with the blankets and just try to go back to sleep I didn't know what to do at that point <laughs> I was just frozen um and the next morning you know I everyone wakes up um the girl I was dating you know, she has other siblings uh one kind of has a sixth sense so she kind of you know kind of feels ghosts and feels the presence yeah she was telling me that yeah there she's felt three spirits in the house and you know one's a an old man uh you know a younger lady and then a little kid of some sort boy or girl um and i was like that's really weird you know that's and i and the and the lady is probably the person i saw in my dreams you know it's really creepy and and um you know the, the sisters she told me you know, late at night she had to go out and uh you know go pee in the middle of the night and sometimes she would trip over this little girl in the middle of the hallway you know she's just crouched down <laughs> that's and she was just like, you know, shut her eyes and just walk past it like nothing's happening, you know, whatever. She's kind of used to it. Um, and and they also have like this basement. Um, you go downstairs, like an unfinished basement, that's where they do the laundry. But, you know, every time you go down there, there's an eerie, eerie feeling. She says she's, she's seen the father and mother down there. Um, my father's like very angry for some reason um you know this is a bunch of weird stories and i think the most appealing thing to me was like so sometimes you know their friends would drop them off and uh, one of the friends is, has also a sixth sense and so when they dropped them off um this friend was like you know this, this house feels really weird uh i feel like there's like three spirits in there just super angry and they're, they're lost you know like what's the coincidence of you know saying three spirits you know it's, it's crazy um and there's a number of things like they have a baby jesus statue that um uh, was turned around like it was facing you know the, the the rest of the house but it was turned around um and no one said they did it right <laughs> the only time i had nightmares was sleeping out that house <laughs> so, oh man that sounds I, like the I, perfect uh, setup for like the conjuring Right yeah. there, <laughs> like right the laundry room, the basement. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, little girls. I'm like, oh man, mm-hmm. man. Well, get I- this. So, I I did some research on this house because I'm a realtor uh-huh. and I looked into it. And this house used to be a school, um, like an elementary mm-hmm. school or preschool or something. Um, there's, there's like a set of three houses that surround it, and they're all kind of were like the classrooms. And so people there live there. Say that they found you know like school desk, like little, the little desk that had the tables attached to it. They found it in the basement. Um, they found writing in the basement, like from little kids. Um, and the craziest thing is that about two minutes down the road from that place is there used to be an insane asylum. Um, and since then a target was built on top of it. That target is known to be haunted. 
like when people are late nights doing inventory, you know, they would hear stuff over the speakers, things falling off the shelf, stuff like that. So I think the whole area is haunted. I don't know. I'm not going back there. <laughs> Man, as you were saying that, I'm I'm getting goosebumps. It's it's and, and there's some funny thoughts too as well, as in like uh uh what was it like the target like the come open speaker like clean up on aisle five or something like that <laughs> like, <laughs> what <laughs> uh, oh man it it's a it's crazy that like you linked it but i think and the fact of it it's scary like you, it was in your dreams kind of giving you a heads up like hey we are here in a very kind of subtle oh yeah um, you know well it got aggressive too my second dream there i was dreaming about going out in the backyard and seeing the same lady and she oh. ran towards me. She's like, she jumped at me and tried to choke me. I was, and that's when I woke up. Oh man, and she did the get out thing. Wait, so you, you only saw this lady in your dreams when you were at their house? Yeah. Dang. Nowhere else. Wow. I have never had a wow. nightmare since then. <laughs> you know what's man. scary though? I, I read somewhere that like, I th- it was an article about like ghost research. I think it was pretty recently. They say sometimes, when you see ghosts or in your dreams or certain people in your dreams, it's sometimes just ghosts or spirits just passing by. And, and that's the people you see. Like they can be, they can, you can see them in the, your dreams. Like they're just passing by just to mess with you or they're just there to say hi. Because I've, I've experienced that before. Where I've seen like my grandfather or that's passed away like ages ago in my dreams too. Wow. And I think she, yeah. I don't know if that's a good thing to say hi, like how, how you would say hi. I don't run at you. I don't want to sprint at you. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> hi. Uh, but at least, uh, yeah, I, man. I, and the fact that she, the person with the sixth sense there just walk at night and there's a little girl crouching and she's like, Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. You again. Yeah, like, Oops, sorry. <laughs> like, oh, oh, sorry about what? that. Hey, I'll get you a lollipop later. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah. like uh, <laughs> let me finish and then I'll come back. I don't, I don't know how you do that. I, I would guess they uh, they talk to each other a lot. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. I and just speaking of, you know, kid in white dress or whatnot. Like for for mine. Um, so in middle school, when I first got my bike, when I was able to like allowed to bike to school. You know, like we get up to like middle school where your parents are like, no, you're not going, you have to walk to class or we'll drop you off. But when I got the opportunity to ride a bike to school, I was on my bike 24-7. And, you know, you don't come home. that During that time, I didn't have a watch or anything like that. You go by the street light. If that thing turns on, you better get your butt home. It's time to come home. It's about to get dark real quick. So uh, one night, I my bike tire was flat, right? So I... Mine was flat and I was like, man, I still want to go hang out with my friends. So what can I do? My nephew, who was about six years younger than me, he had a bike, but it was much smaller. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember the mongoose bikes, but then like the smaller version of that for like somebody just learning that you just, um, it's like in the teens and you finally took off the, those wheels on the side, the training wheels. So I was like, you know what? Whatever, man. I, I'm gonna a bike is a bike. Let me take this. And if you never uh, ridden one of those bikes, it takes much more effort for you to go faster than your actual bike because the tires you have to, like, are so literally small. like stand up to like push. Yes, you have to crank down. that yeah. thing. Yeah. So I was like, whatever, I'm good. Uh, so I took that out. Um, I was hanging out and at my friend's house, which is down the street behind my house, like down this road, and um, down this road there are 
like it, before you turn to my street, like if there's a straight shot into a house and then you take a left and then you would have to loop around the neighborhood to get to my house on the other side, right? So my friends was on the other side of that house and uh, other side of that street and I pedaled behind my house all the way down and the street light turned on and I didn't pay attention. And I looked out, I was like, oh crap, my parents gotta, my parents gotta get me real good here. So I better hop on this bike and I pedal home. So as I pedal home, it was getting darker and darker because it was going to the fall times as we are right now. So I was pedaling and reaching that point where I need to take a left and loop around so I can reach my house on the other side. I was pedaling and just minding my own business, of course. And we're, I think we're watching a scary movie or whatnot and you already have thoughts in your head. Um, but I was like, ah, whatever, it's, it's fine. And you try to be brave at a middle schooler. You know, you're, you're always real cool when you're in middle school and you're pedaling and I was looking up, looking where I need to turn. Um, the house in that window, they have a giant window, right? They have a giant living room window facing the long street ahead. And I was pedaling and I looked up because I can see at the corner of my eye that somebody was standing there or just looking outside the window. But as I looked up, it was a lady in a white gown, old gown, like any, where, any scary movie you've seen in that kind of white gown, right? Um, long black dark hair uh she had a comb and she was just combing her hair so she had one hand on her hair and uh, her other hand was just combing and she was just staring straight ahead it it was and you know you're like okay whatever i'm imagining things i looked away look whatever and as i got closer it's still there uh so i just picked it up i was lance armstrong in it all the way home in that little bike i never never pedaled so fast in my life I zip. I try to zip and turn that corner real quick. Is, uh, you know, that bike turn where you're usually you just turn the handle, but this I just like cranked it and just didn't even turn the handle. I just leaned, leaned and just went almost went to a curb, kept going and pedal all the way through um, that, and I almost hit something that slowed me down, but I I couldn't look and I just pedal all the way home, packed up the bike, and I think that was one of the last moments I ever one never taking that bike out again and two I, I I got my butt home before uh that light and I I still walk by that house occasionally and I just I walk by with my dog Inky though so I feel a little bit braver but I walk a little bit fast is because it's not I'm not dealing with that again especially when it's Halloween coming up I'm, I'm just gonna keep going uh so yeah. just anywhere in the yeah. white gown long hair brushing hair it's like why That's... would you look out the window if that and I was thinking I was like oh maybe it's my neighbor just you know but I never seen a woman in that house it always, I never seen it unless she's there when I'm not not seeing her or whatnot. But it's uh, why would you brush your hair looking out the window in, in that? It is what right? Hey, maybe something <laughs> happened, or it could be the bike, man. Did you ever think maybe it was the bike that was haunted and <laughs> that's making you oh, see stuff? Maybe she was like, "Yo, that's a cool bike." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "Huh? Why is this big ass kid on a small ass bike? Um, <laughs> what are you doing, bike? <laughs> yeah, did he steal it? That's why he's going so fast." <laughs> but come on, I don't comb my hair looking out the living room window like that. I, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? It's no completely normal. <laughs> yeah, in a, in a like in that that manner where you don't brush your hair like that. That's like way sometimes too gentle. You know, you just want to brush your hair. But this one is. I'm enjoying brushing my hair and taking my hair time. therapy, man. <laughs> it was like, woo. Um, oh, man. But like speaking of like just random people, like for sure, I've experienced something like that. But the person just 
more, more like little girl disappeared though. And, that, and, and I was like 12, this is like noon. Like I was probably, to paint a picture, I was probably like, I would say around seven or eight years old. And they say when you're younger, you're more in tune with the spirits. So I, I was in the park with my aunts and uncles. They just took me out for a stroll. We went to this park, not forced, it's slightly forced, like this old, it's like this really old park, but building, a, in the process of building a new park on there. So there were some new swings that were just put in, some sand, probably like around noontime, so the sun was high out. I walked towards the swing, and I saw this little girl, blonde girl, I still remember her till now, clearly. Little girl, probably about my age at the time, seven hair was in a ponytail she was just swinging back and forth she waves she turns looks at me she waves at me and i was like in my head being a seven-year-old i was like oh cool like i'm gonna hang out with the friend today like oh that's that's sweet so i'm like i turn around to my aunt and uncle i'm like hey i'm gonna go hang out with this friend i just met like this girl they're like okay like don't go too far because they're like we're, we're almost at the, the swings anyway and i turn over the girl's gone and I did not, and to give you a picture, usually with swings in America, there's, when you step down, there's probably like gravel or something like that. I did not hear this girl jump off the gravel and run away or walk away. If you, and the park was pretty big. So if she ran away or went somewhere, I would probably like look around and see like, okay, she went to her parents or something. But I swear it was noontime. It was hot. We were like the only people in that park. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I was like, okay, whatever, mind my own business. I went back to my aunts and uncles and I was like, yeah, I didn't see the girl at the swing. She's, and yeah, she left and I was like, did you see a girl? They're like, no, when you told us you were going to the swings to hang out with some girl, we're just like, okay, like we'll hang out with the swings. We didn't see any girl. We thought you, some girl was going to come meet with you. And they were, and to give you an idea, they, we were walking towards the swings. They didn't see any girl. So I was like, all right, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you guys all got girls on the brain. <laughs> oh man, oh man! <laughs> Seriously, those, I was like those imaginary friends. <laughs> oh, dude, dude! Especially when you're that young, you're just like, oh, like, all right, like you don't, you don't know how to respond. Like, I've as a, especially with the, as a kid, I've even had ghost stories from like way back my mom would tell me so i was in tune with it so you kind of like in the back of your mind you know about it but at the same time you're just kind of like ah, just, i'm not gonna run into it but then all of a sudden you're like oh no no the parents weren't kidding <laughs> the parents weren't kidding you're like okay wasn't it uh do you think it's like the same girl at Gwuk's ex-girlfriend's house or oh maybe 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 well, if it, it probably wasn't in the same area but it it was like <laughs> In Aurora. Was she in Aurora too? If it was. This is a like, haunted part of Arvada. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So it's cool. Two different <laughs> girl. <laughs> different girl. Oh. She's traveling, man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> How about you, CJ? Do you have something build on your library adventures? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can tell you a recent, like, this isn't like as detailed as my library story, but, um, I think it was probably just like two weeks ago. Oh, you know, wow. Okay. I, when, I, <laughs> when I, you know, when I wake up, you know, I have the same routine where, you know, I go brush my teeth and just get ready for the day and, and whatnot. And um, so I'm just doing my normal routine. I walk into my bathroom and 
I, I look behind me and on my scale, you know, it's one of those scales you tap and like it comes on. And so like, I didn't go anywhere near it or whatever. And I just saw it tap on. Now there wasn't any weight on it, but you know, I saw a tap on, I was like, all right, well, I guess I got ghosts in my house and they trying to check their weight, you know? <laughs> They're motivated so, by you, man. Right. I don't know. He's been working out. Be like, damn, that guy's getting, hey, hey, he weighs zero pounds. Too. So good job. So, so <laughs> good work. Go. Super lean too. Super, Super lean. lean. Nobody. <laughs> so yeah, oh, I don't know. I'm, I've been watching my scale a lot ever since then to see if it like pops up again. But um, speaking of that, it's not my story, but, um, reminded me of one like my aunt she back then this was in vietnam so to paint a picture this is back in vietnam where there was barely any construction and um my aunt one time she was she would go to with my grandfather who was military general at the time so she would go travel all the way to a, a city called Puduk and stay with my grandfather just for, for a night just to visit him so my aunt went up there stayed with him but around there they what happened was a soldier died near a lamppost there. So my aunt would walk by there every time to kind of, you know, give, to go to the military outpost to give my, my uh, grandfather food. And then one night she was staying with, like, at a friend's house near that area. She goes to sleep. And then before that, like, of course, like the, the aunt's, my aunt's friend was talking about like, yeah, there's a soldier that died there. Like it's just to scare her, like jokingly, like, nothing's gonna happen but that night when she slept she her room was you know, pretty small like just a traditional bed like we do like but she at night like she felt something tapping on her shoulder so she thought it was her friend trying to wake her up to like go cause mischief or cook or do whatever she didn't she turned over she didn't see anybody she's like huh so no one's waking me up she turns up to look up at the ceiling and she sees this guy looking straight down at her straight down her very vividly a guy short cut hair military uniform that tan like desert uniform looks straight down at her and she was like frozen and she's and she's like oh no i'm having sleep paralysis it's a dream she tries to wake up but she does not wake up just like am i having a dream and like and then finally she was able to get her body to sit up and get out of the bed she turns around and literally there was this guy still floating right above her and he turns his head to look at her and she's like no 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 and she runs out books it wakes up her friend and she's like do you see this do you see this and, she, and her friend's like no I don't, I don't see the guy like she opens the door to the rooms they don't the guy's gone but as they look out the window they look down there's a guy looking up at them and my aunt was like that's the same guy I was just in my room, just literally a few seconds ago. No oh, man, like if some if a ghost just turned their head, like cocked their head a little bit to stare at me, I'm gone. I, yeah. I think the fastest I will ever run, and <laughs> just you know, I'll, I'll beat that six, seven mile. Oh, actually, my record is only like three miles. But anyways, I'll beat that record really quick. Oh, like, dude, I'm, I'm not doing that. If I have adrenaline, I'm gonna burn it out. I don't. I don't care. Like I mean, like I'm. I'm not coming back to this house ever. I'm done. It, it's like oh, doing the incline in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm running back. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run across that ocean real quick and get here. It is no more, no more for me. Uh, speaking of like dreams and stuff like that, you haven't had any since, right? After that last two? 
Nah, man, it's been great. It's, I haven't had one nightmare since then. So, <laughs> yeah, that house. You're probably is, like, I'm never uh, coming back to this house. Ever. I'm never coming back to the house. <laughs> never going to Arvada again. <laughs> oh, man. It, just unfinished basements are creepy as it is. Like, I, I know you, as a realtor, you've probably seen a few of those, but. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, it's not my story, but I've I've had friends who go down to basements and. You know, it's, it's, it's really creepy when there's just a rocking chair in the middle of the, of the basement oh, man. and like a really old, like stroller, you know, the ones that have like this fabric that goes all across, over oh, it. And, uh, you know, the very old school one. It's just like sitting there in the basement and Dude. I imagine just like walking up to it and there's something. <laughs> That's a whole nother level. Uh, no. Yeah. Lady in black. Like seriously. <laughs> just, like, sitting That's around, like, the thing. Right there. Rocking chairs creeps me out. I would never rocking get a rocking chair. The worst. <laughs> Even like the, the couch that the um the cup not the comforter, sorry. That chair that just rocks back and forth. Lounge forward. couch, yeah. Lounge couch. Recliners. I, recliners, sorry. <laughs> uh don't even know my terms there, but recliners. I can't even do that. Uh, freaking rocking chairs. Freaking basements though. Like you bring up a good point. If you buy a house, do a background check on, on like that area and that house in general. <laughs> I, one of my friends back at Regis, he was a director at Regis and he was he told me like he had a, this house once, he did a background check on it. And then one day, like they come back with him like, yeah, like apparently there's someone that died there and they went in his basement, they dug up and there was a coffin under his uh, basement floor. And I was like, oh, damn. I was like, okay. Oh. This was in like Denver, Colorado. Jeez. Well, yeah. Gork will take care of you. Gork is yeah, like, no, you <laughs> <sell> the house. <laughs> You'd be like, nope. For free. Find another realtor. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, and I, I guess my other story is that it's including a basement. It's a, it's a short story. It's not as vivid as the other one, but it's a, we used to live in a housing, uh, you know, low income housing on 10th and federal around that area. Right. Um, so we have unfinished basement, but that thing is, huge and you know the basement was just steel and concrete and as you're just looking down you can like your voice will echo from the basement stairs all the way to the end and bounce back uh, my brother used to live down there and towards the other end you had to walk past this creepy all the by the pipes and all that other stuff to get to his room in the back uh so when we first moved in my parents bought a uh, a couch from actually we were given a couch from i think goodwill or you know they were helping out immigrants that or refugees that comes over to America with certain things. And one of it was a couch they gave us. And so the couch went down to the basement and uh, my brother-in-law uh, who was dating my sister at the time. So their boyfriend and girlfriend, he spent the night and he was down in the basement with my brother sleeping on that couch. Uh, when he wake up, he found himself on the floor the next morning. He, was, he wasn't drunk. He was just slept on the couch and next day he found himself on the floor. So he's like, that's kind of odd okay whatever I, I probably was super super drunk then i guess uh so then a couple of weeks later he spent the night again slept on the same couch and the same thing happened waked up woke up on the floor and so my sister who typically sees ghosts like she just tells me this like you know like i like I, how i see you guys hey i just saw guok the other day and we we're talking like this she'll come over and be like hey yeah i saw a ghost the other day and we were talking like I was like, well, what is this? Hold, hold, hold on. You had to like prep me first. You can't just come in with a story. Like it wasn't like you just saw a friend. This is something like supernatural. So she went down there, I guess one night and was doing laundry and she peeked at the couch and she saw a guy who was bleeding from his head. 
or at some source he was bleeding right uh and she said she talked to him and he said he got killed on this couch um and that was it he got killed on the couch uh i believe was murder I, don't quote me on that part but so of course day after that couch is gone from the house um no more of that it was it was a black i remember it was a black leather couch but you know how when the leather gets so broken in it started cracking all over it, it was exactly like that old-fashioned couch leather couch uh maybe two or three seater um on that and we got rid of that couch so from then on we never grab anything from any goodwill or anything like that it freaks me out i i freak out i can't grab anything that is that um i feel you there for sure any antique thing it's scary man especially if the the couches or the guy in this case is pushing you off and you feel it you're like no <laughs> uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> he was yeah. like dude you keep you keep smacking me where my wound is bro get off <laughs> like you're too heavy get off <laughs> he doesn't want to cuddle like, with off. you man he doesn't want to cuddle with anybody he wants this couch he's like it's <laughs> my couch <laughs> oh, man. oh man that that's creepy though like dude dolls especially when you speak of old stuff it reminds me of dolls and that's like a whole nother subject man for me that's a big thing that i'm like dolls no 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 way yeah, dolls. No way I'm doing dolls. Basements, basements creeps me out. Uh, do Do you guys have crawl spaces in your basement? Yeah, uh, those, are, those are those are scary to me. Like, I think of paranormal activity whenever I see my crawl space, <laughs> like attics, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. Oof. The funny thing is, like, my uncle, like, he likes the Chinese porcelain dolls, so he would he used to gift that to me for Christmas. Whenever I opened it, I would be like, okay, like here. Mom, dad, you can keep that. But they kept all of, like, I think there's two of them. And they, my parents kept it downstairs. So they're just chilling downstairs by the crawl space. So whenever I walk by that area, I always have a feeling that something's going to come out of that crawl space and grab me or those dolls are going <laughs> to jump at me. Those dolls just staring like, oh, at you no. as you're walking by. Oh, yeah, dude, that's, that's what I feel. <laughs> like, I, like I, when I walk by, I'm like, I just want, I try not to look at them. But my mom's like, don't cover them. <laughs> I want to get rid of it. What? They're looking at me. I want to get rid of them. I'm not going to cover them. That makes it more creepy. Let me cover it with a white sheet. Uh, no. Oh, dude. You need to let them breathe. Yeah, they can't breathe. You have to be. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of dolls, my scare for dolls all started as a kid. I think I told Tret this story. I think on one of our episodes, I was at my mom to give you content. Aurora Mall. Aurora Mall, I believe, is haunted, guys. From, from personal experience, I was six years old, learning martial arts at the time. So I was thinking I was a pretty badass kid. For me, like I was walking by, going to, to like near this hair salon. My mom was going next to I think Claire's at the time, getting like hair clips and stuff. Next to this hair salon, I see this doll. And I was like, oh, like that's a pretty cute doll. And it was moving, trying to turn like super robotic, slow. And I was like, oh, that's a nice decor. I, I, as I walk up closer, the doll was kind of like, oh, still dancing, moving slowly. I'm like, okay, it's, it's fake, not doesn't look real, robotic. And, it, and as I get closer, like it pretty much like someone lifted it and put it on a box. So I was like, okay, definitely not real. But as I get closer, she, she turns and like slowly like cocks her head. And she's like, hey, and I was 
And that freaked me out. And I was just like, no. I jump up. She was probably like, at that time, a little bit taller, but I don't know how. I jumped on the box. I take two fingers and poke her right in the eyes. And I remember her screaming and I freak out. And I, was, and I run to my mom. I was like, I just saw a ghost. Like, oh, like or I saw some creepy doll just run at me. And like, she, was, she just said hi to me. My mom just laughs her butt off and be like, oh my God, like, did you just poke someone in the eye? Like, we, we, she walks out and she's like, okay, we're going back inside to clear this. Because I remember there was a girl, probably not too much older than me, just like covering her eyes and just cr- like bawling her eyes out. She's like, oh, like it's so, like, and I was like, oh man, I just poked somebody in the eye. I was like, dang. <laughs> oh my gosh. You assaulted a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. But I was a kid. Well, they could, it, I should have been in Jewish for that, but I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, <you should. laughs> um, oh, man. You had something, Trent? Oh, no. It, it was... Uh, I, I, dude, all our stories are... My hair... Oh, the hair on my arms are going up. So, And, and it's a good thing. It's, it's Halloween, right? We, we're, oh, yeah. This is what we're, we want to share with the audience. And um, just tying back to everything, I know we all do different careers uh, and how we started and how we got to this point and our journey in between. And I know, I know speaking of Quok too as well, when we're last on the episode, we talked about how you're an engineer by day and real estate by night or, and weekends, you know, you have to put that in there too. (laughs) uh, But those are very two hard careers. And speaking of just all the fear and scary stuff from our stories, our ghost stories, um, there's also fear and tied into our business life. So uh, was there any, I don't know, was there a point that you kind of, there were, with all your endeavors, like you're like, man, this is some scary stuff. I think probably the most scary thing I've been through was um, uh, getting sued. Because <laughs> that, that is just not fun. Um, no matter the amount you get sued for, I think uh, is always a scary experience. So, you know, the way I got into real estate was when I first bought my house, uh, decided, you know, instead of living there by myself, I just rent out the rooms. Um, so the first person I got, I mean, I met him on Craigslist, just like anyone else that I've, that's been my roommate. And, you know, I've, I've talked to him uh, over the phone. We did a, um, I guess it was, what was back then, Skype or Facebook. I don't know. I don't have FaceTime, so <laughs> yeah. I had to use something. It was, it was so long ago, you know. <laughs> so long ago. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's uh, do a video call, I'll show you the house, and uh, if everything looks good, then um, let's go ahead and sign the lease and get you moved in. And so that's what we did. And, you know, seeing like a really cool guy from, from out of state. He's moving here for a new job. That seems like a really nice guy. I Facebook stalked him. You know, he had you know, seemed like a normal person, you know. So, yeah, he moved in a couple weeks later after that. And, you know, then I filled up the other rooms with various people. Um, but then, you know, he lived there for about three years. And throughout the years, he's kind of started being, getting, becoming strange. I mean, he quit his job. Uh, he started drinking heavily. And, you know, just coming, coming home just blackout drunk. You know, I don't know how he, how he gets home from, it's like driving home drunk and then and he's like you look at him he's just not even there like he's a blank stare you can smell the alcohol on him um and you know sometimes he was become kind of verbally violent and you know you can hear him slamming doors and 
and running down into the basement where he he lives um is just like stomping around cussing at what seems to be nothing <laughs> he's like just yelling out belligerently um and i think the thing that really because I, I mean everyone else is kind of concerned about it he's other roommates are like you know we should probably kick him out he's getting really you know violent and aggressively drunk and i was like yeah yeah you, you're probably right um but the final straw was uh one night um he was baking weed brownies in the kitchen you know at like midnight and uh <laughs> and i was you know i had work the next morning so i had to go down there and be like hey can you keep it down he's like yeah sorry sorry um next morning i woke up you know 6 a.m the whole house smelled like like gas so the guy left the the oven on or the stove on the whole night the whole house smelled like gas and you know i, I was like freaking out i had to i went to the stove and to turn it off you know and and i could have died honestly the when you turn off a stove it kind of goes past the clicking where you know it causes a spark and so if i didn't you know spin it fast enough it would have clicked on the spark and you know blown up the entire house along with me in it um so yeah that was the final straw and no one else was at fault for it it was obviously him because no one else was home and i was sleeping and i don't think i would sleepwalk and try to kill myself um possibility but highly unlikely or, or basic cookies <laughs> yeah exactly it's like mm, i feel hungry <laughs> so yeah i was like well that's really dangerous and i talked to him he's like hey man how's it how can we get you to move out in like the next couple months and of course he got super aggressive with me whatever but you know whatever that's expected with him by now um so he moves out he stays till the very last day and you know he just was a pain in the ass for the last two months <laughs> you know like blasting his music making it super uncomfortable for everyone in the house um but you know when he moved out everyone was super happy it felt like there was so much harmony in the house now that he's gone it was great a couple months later i get you know a knock on the door i open it um there's an officer at the door he's like are you you know qualtran like yeah um he's like uh do you know you're getting sued by this guy I'm like what <laughs> you know it's like this came like this really just sidelined me i had no idea what was going on um he gave me the, he served me the papers and i read through it you know he's like and the, the thing the thing was like saying i was breaking and entering um in my own house um like he was losing days for moving out uh, something like that it told out to be like nineteen thousand dollars of damages i was like what <laughs> you know so oh man so i couldn't sleep for for what seemed like a month you know i couldn't sleep i was rolling up around in bed just like thinking about all the worst case scenarios and it was just it was like really killing me inside you know i've never been sued before and it was a really scary uh situation um but you know, like I had no idea what to do. I had, to, I had so many people for advice. Uh, eventually, I found a lawyer who, you know, kind of talked me through it, kind of went through all the charges. Um, and she basically said, like, this is really stupid. <laughs> he has had basically nothing against me. Um, but, you know, after talking to a lawyer, it really helped me calm my nerves. And then eventually came to the court date you can kind of prepare yourself for this whole thing with all the evidence 
Um, I mean, I had a binder full of evidence. That's what the lawyer told me to do is just create all the evidence to put in the binder. Um, and I had like, you know, 13 pieces of evidence and stuff like that, like uh, subpoenas or um, not subpoenas, but uh, letters from my other roommate saying how terrible of a person he is, things like that. Yeah, like the entire time I was there at the courthouse, I was just, my body was shaking, you know. I couldn't conter, control my nerves. Like for some reason I was shaking, I was shivering. Um, I think my breathing wasn't all all right either. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I got up to to the table, whatever. Um, I'm on the defendant side. He's over there on the, on the, I forgot the good word now. Plaintiff? The plaintiff, yeah, the plaintiff side. And, you know, he, he brings a little piece of paper of evidence. I'm over here with my binder. And we exchange, you know, you're supposed to exchange your evidence with each other. And I, I was like over there and he's just like shitted. You know, it's, it's, he's like looking at through his binder, like going page by page. It's like, oh, fuck, I got, I got nothing on this guy yet and you know after we just like each person gets to share their their side of the story with the judge um and he's just playing the victim the whole time and then it's my turn i explain everything judge is like you know there's no damages here case dismissed but <laughs> and i was like hell yeah you're not one but god that really it really sucks because you know it cost me a lot of time cost me money um to get the lawyer and everything i even bought a printer just to print out all the evidence <laughs> but you know it's uh it's a hard lesson to learn i know what i did wrong there and um how to avoid it in the future but yeah it just sucks and that's the scariest moment of my life <laughs> that, that that is scary no more skype <laughs> yeah just uh he's my very first tenant so i didn't know what to do to actually yeah. like do background checks all and all that and um well now i do you know you live you learn oh yeah that's very true no that's scary man like i i don't think i can top that what about you cj <laughs> <laughs> i don't know well, i've never been sued luckily but um i don't know for my story i the title the title of my story is the worst night I ever had in my DJ career. So, um, this was last year, and the ghost starts spinning your 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 uh, your equipment and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm taking over. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, so last year I I had this uh, wedding gig uh, for my friend and uh, his fiance, and he's a really good friend of mine. Um, and this gig was at the Ritz Carlton downtown. So super fancy. Um, and just full production. He wanted the works, uh, the premium sound system with, with the subwoofer. He wanted all the lighting. Um, and there was like a whole program he had and everything. So this was like a really big, uh, production that he wanted to put on for his wedding. Um, and the planning started like six months before. Um, so I was just constantly communicating with him and his fiance, um, and we had a lot of meetings, you know, we had to like go to the venue and, and survey it and ask all the wedding planners, like the que questions and stuff like that. So, um, it was a really big deal and I, I didn't want to mess it up. And, and I knew, it, you know, I obviously, because they're my friends, I didn't want to, uh, you know, if, if I was going to mess up one wedding, I didn't want to mess up theirs. You know what I mean? Um, so everything was going good with planning 
And then a week before the wedding, my laptop crashes. And if you're a DJ, you know, your laptop is, is your heart. It contains everything you need uh, in order to put on the production. Um, and so I was freaking out. I went into panic mode. Um, I, I went to the repair shop the next day because it was a Sunday. So I had to go on Monday, went to the repair shop and I had to like overpay for expedited service. I didn't have a backup laptop. Um, and when I pay, overpaid for that, um, even with the expedited service, they were like, we're not going to have this done until the day of the wedding. Right. So I was freaking out. Um, luckily I had a friend, his name is Tret. He, uh, lent me his backup MacBook for the week. So I could at least work off that. And if I needed to use it, then, uh, you know, I could use it on the wedding. Um, so thank you, Tret. Appreciate that. Um, but the day of the wedding, uh, that was, that was one of the most hectic days of, of prep that I've, I've ever been through period. Um, like I had to wake up early. Um, I had to go get a rental truck to carry all this premium equipment in. Then I had to go pick up the sound system rentals, uh, at the, uh, at the music store. Then I had to go to the la- to the repair shop to pick up my laptop. Um, and then I had to go pick up my assistant, Shao Quang. Quang was my assistant for that day. Um, and then after that, I headed to the hotel. So I was running around and I was already like a little stressed out, um, even before everything got really got started really. Um, so we got to the hotel early, but the thing was the organizers, they didn't let us set up until 30 minutes before the reception. And, and it just, that's just not enough time for me. You know, I, I usually need at least an hour for a basic setup. Um, and then, you know, they wanted me to set up for 30 minutes, all of this like premium equipment that I had, all this extra lighting and, and all these extra speakers and whatnot. Um, and, uh, and in, on top of that, you know, because I just got my laptop that day, um, I had to test out my laptop, make sure everything was working. Cause I, you know, uh, since I just got it right out of the shop. Um, so it was, I was just super rushed. Um, luckily I got everything set up in time, but the thing I had to rush through was sound check because I only had like five minutes to do sound check. They were literally going to open the doors, um, you know, in like five minutes. And I want you guys to keep that in mind because that part of the story is very important that I didn't get to run through a proper sound check. Um, so the doors are open, reception begins and everything's going well, you know, during the dinner and, and the performances. And, and I felt pretty confident that it was going to be like a successful night because I felt like I had control over everything. And, and, you know, I didn't think anything was going to go wrong. And then open dancing happens. So, <laughs> you know, the time when, uh, the crowd's invited to come to the dance floor and, and just dance and, and enjoy the rest of the night. Um, it started off really well and, and the crowd was like into everything and, and the dance floor was full and I was feeling pretty good, but all of a sudden, like probably like six or seven songs in both of my speakers just blow out and they blew out because my, uh, my EQ levels, like my bass and my, my volume were, they're way too high. Um, and it's most likely because I didn't do that proper sound check. Right. Um, so both of my speakers blow out. And so I was kind of calm at first. I was like, all right, I just need to, I just need to restart everything. It's all good, you know, and then we'll get the party back, uh, back up after I, you know, press the on and off switch. <laughs> um, but then, you know, I, I turned everything off and I turned things back on and still wasn't working. And then that's when, that's when the panic really started to ensue. Um, 
And it just got really stressful because I was like running around, running back and forth through my equipment, like trying to troubleshoot, unplugging different cords, trying different outlets. And, and I was starting to like freak out, um, you know, and I, but I was trying to like fix the issue with the things that I had. Um, it almost felt like insanity though. Cause like I was just getting the same result <laughs> every time. Um, and meanwhile, you know, obviously no music is playing. So the crowd, uh, they they like go out to the lobby, they leave the dance floor and, and just socialize. And, and the pressure was on me because, um, you know, you lose more and more of the crowd, the longer you don't have any music playing, you know, they become more disinterested and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, finally about an hour later almost an hour later, the hotel found some speakers for me to borrow. And they pretty much just let me use them because they felt bad. Like they saw me struggling and they're like, all right, you know, man, let me, let's, let's go get some speakers for you and, and let's get the party going, you know? So, so they got me some speakers. Um, and so I hook them up as fast as I can and I start playing music again. Um, and it, it took a while for like the crowd to get back on the dance floor. And the, one of the worst parts is a good amount of people actually left the party they left the reception because they didn't want to like wait it out, you know? Um, eventually though, like I got people back on the dance floor party. It went well for the most part, but there were, I got a lot of requests and I, I couldn't fulfill them because I had issues connecting to the internet. So that was just another thing on top of it where I was having trouble, like connecting to the internet. So I couldn't like, if, if I didn't have it in my laptop, then I, I couldn't play it. You know, it was just like that. Um, and so the party went on about till about like midnight and then I, I packed everything up. I was all alone, just me and, and, and my assistant just packing everything up. Um, you know, everyone else had left and got home at like two or three in the morning, just completely exhausted. And, and on top of that, just feeling horrible because I knew it wasn't a good, like a good event, at least to me in my eyes, it, it didn't, it didn't feel successful. Um, and so the next day I had to wake up and I like I called my friend to apologize and, and luckily we're good friends. Um, you know, so he cut me some slack. I just keep thinking of like, what if it was a stranger and someone that I didn't know and, and that happened, you know? So I felt like I was, I got kind of lucky with that. Um, you know, I did have to take a pay cut, unfortunately. Um, I thought it was fair, but you know, it just, it just sucks to have to, uh, do that. Um, and then I also decided to like apologize through social media because, you know, uh, especially with that gig, like I had a lot of friends there that attended, so they saw me. But, you know, when you do these gigs as a DJ or even as a performer in general, uh, you're, you're also showcasing yourself for the attendees to, to book you for events in the future, right? So, um, you know, I kind of had, had to do damage control in that sense. So um, I, I went to social media right away and I made a post saying, you know, this, I didn't feel good about this gig. I take full responsibility for, for all the mishaps and whatnot. Um, you know, so I had to, I had to swallow that as well. And it was just... Like I said, it was, it was probably the worst DJ, worst night I had in my DJ career. But, you know, uh, from that, I, I learned so much, like, like a lot. Like I, I just took a step back and, and realized that like, I need to switch things up. I need to invest in backup equipment. I need to, um, be more prepared for, for scenarios like this and whatnot. Um, so, um, ever since then, I, I never had a bad gig because I, I, I felt like I've, I've been more prepared ever since then. So knock on wood, you know, but um, taught me a lot, but it was, it was scary, super scary. And yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, when you're mentioning downtown, especially the Ritz and like yeah. those downtown, I was, I was expecting a ghost, but that's, that's scary too. <laughs> Cause 
let me tell you, downtown Ritz Carlton, Brown Palace, those places are haunted as heck. They are, yeah. <laughs> so well, it's really good. I mean, it's like it's not our successes that we learn the most from; it's all from our failures. And exactly. so, exactly. Now man. you know, probably learned way more than you know, ten good gigs that you've done. Right. Right. Oh, exa- exactly, true. man. And, right. I, and I think we we I think we all think it, it needed to happen for all these backup equipments, all this. Okay, cool. I really need to get prepared because you never know next time you're going to be performing DJing for a really high celebrity party and you want to be prepared. <laughs> that that party taught you to be prepared and uh, jump on that opportunity on the next one. Yeah, man. Minor setback for major comeback. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. Got out semi unscathed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, but that's, that's a really good story too. Like in word on that because for sure you learn from those failures man like it hurts a lot but man like it definitely picks you back up and you're like okay i'm not gonna do that in the future for, for sure yeah and you're ready in backup after backup after backup i think we talk about that a lot especially yeah. with like our parents and like everyone who's listening gotta have that backup like for sure you you know, if someone tells business. you to get a, yeah, especially in business, anything, performance, and anything. If someone will tell you, oh, you don't need a backup plan, there's only a plan A. No. No. No, no way. Yeah, I was going to say, if you buy something for your business, buy two. Oh, God, yeah. Two. Just oh, yeah. Rule of thumb. And buy um, one time and don't worry about it. Buy the, buy the good stuff. You have to buy the good stuff uh, one time and go from there. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I'll go next on my mind. Doesn't, didn't teach me that. It's more so for me to be an experience of like, and almost like a movie setting because FBI came to my work. Oh, uh, you steal yeah. something, Trent? <laughs> no, no, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> they did come to my work uh, back when I was at, um, at the fitness location, right? Uh, so when, where I used to work. So one day I was in the back as I was coming back up. I saw my uh, manager at the time working and sitting at the, uh, at the desk with somebody else talking, right? And I was like, all right, well, it's probably somebody wants to be a member or whatnot. I kind of walked by him, uh, but since everything's so small, I stood next to him, right? Listening, you have to kind of listen in because it, it, when the conversation started taking longer, I'm like, okay, we're experiencing some problems here. I'll probably look into it. And as where we're sitting, there's a window that sees outside, but when it's at night, you can see the reflection of that person in that um, seat to see what they're doing. So I could be standing behind them, but still look to my right and see. So I was kind of being nosy, right? Uh, so all... I've seen was, you know, uh, that badge. He was he was dressed um, just like you know a dad has the the New Balances, the white New Balances, where you're like, okay, uh, that those dad jeans that like faded light blue that you can probably get at Walmart and stuff like that. Nice windbreaker, uh, and then just like a button up inside, right? But what I saw was like you know in the movies when you pull out your badge on a, like a chain, you don't actually wear it, you pull it out real quick. And then you tuck it back in. That's what I saw. And I was like, uh, okay, so wait, who's getting in trouble here? What's going on? And he, uh, he slid a picture to my boss at the time. They looked at it and they looked at the member, right? They're like going about their conversation. All I heard was like, do you know this guy? And all I heard was like, yes. Um, and they started talking about when he's typically in and whatnot. So I was like, all right, all in all, uh, he told me, then he filled me in after that they were looking for him. So when you want to buy the FBI is something huge, you know, I didn't want to like, keep, Oh, so like, what do he do? Right. So I was like, cool. Uh, next day 
around the same time, uh, was there and I saw somebody pick up the phone and call and they hung up real quick. I was like, all right, normal, I guess. And all of a sudden, I saw the guy that they were looking for come in. Normal, like, hey, how are you, man? Go, all right. Went to the, he went to the locker room and went to the weight room. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I saw just a bunch of people gathering outside. And it was like just a scene in the movie. Everybody was walking, but like putting on their wind, like their windbreaker that says FBI in the back. You know, like, and I was like, okay. And then you saw a few of those like coming around different cars. It was like, what is going on here? And they all dressed about the same. And it's right for that neighborhood, but they all dressed the same. I was like, okay, you guys, this is like a movie. You're just taking this place out. And so four of them came through the door and just rushed through the door and started unveiling the badges and whatnot. And went straight to the weight room and surrounded the guy. Uh, and all we hear was like, oh, oh. Uh, and I was like, whoa. And I was like looking. And of course, I had to be nosy because I'm in the front. It, was, it is what it is. So I was looking down there and they got him and they cornered him to where the, uh, where the weight room was and they cornered him in that corner. So it was like, okay. And they walked out, uh, pushed his head down and they, they surrounded the guy because he was a bigger dude. Uh, so they surrounded the guy, walked him out. And that was it. Never heard anything back from it. And that was, uh, was, oh, shoot. That was a part of the movie. Like, just just the part where they're putting on the windbreaker. It's it's like that that part gets me still. I'm like, wow, this is for real. This is legit. Uh, But that was my story. I I don't know what I've learned from it, more so than just cooperate if you have the chance because it's going to bite you in the ass if you don't. So, oh, dude, it's, it's it's like that cool but scary kind of thing. It's, it's just, oh man, like when you feel like the presence of, especially with FBI, you don't know that they're FBI till they pull something out or they're putting something on. Yeah, like, oh, man. I know, and and it was a legit jacket. I don't think you would mm-hmm. just wear a jacket to the FBI. And uh, and oh no, all I was is like, nope, I didn't do anything. I I I had no hand in this. I did not call anybody. I was just here working. Um, Wait, they, they came in. So I and I'm sorry if I missed this, but you never found out what they got him for. No, 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 no. Uh, I think that was part of the conversation that I wasn't in. Okay. Uh, so oh, that was really good. I, I know. <laughs> I think for like I was started piecing stuff together. You know, where you're trying to be nosy, but then you're not too nosy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and then I found out like if I was way too nosy, and that FBI caught me. But oh, I, I honestly I don't know though. I, I didn't do anything and. I'm gonna be into that, put into that room and start interrogated. So I, hey, he was not. a big guy, get arrested. <clears throat> he was probably part of some cartel or something like that, refugee Who knows? <laughs> cartel. Who knows, man? So that that was my scary one, but that's you know lessons from that. Uh, stuff happens. Stuff happens, and sometimes <laughs> like your movie, all the movies you watch, the stuff is real, man. They 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 do their research on how they do stuff. And if you see oh, yeah, somebody yeah. in their dad's shoes, don't, don't judge them. Oh, you should never judge anybody, but somebody yeah. in their dad's shoes, <laughs> you're like, okay, something's going on. Yeah. Great. Now I'm paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going go to you're gonna go into King Supers and you're going to not wear a mask and you turn out like everybody around you is like an, a cop or something like put on the mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they, they rolled up in cars that you would drive around, uh, like normal cars. It's it's not a Malibu. It's not anything. It's not a Ford Explorer. It was just with different type of cars in their neighborhood. And it blend in. The skies is for real. So, yeah, You guys have good stories. I guess we could share one last one, I guess, for, for me. 
more of a lighthearted, but I know what you mean with that like uniform kind of thing. So um, I started in the um, graduating college. I started with energy companies, marketing for them as an account manager. Left was went into an oil company. This is where I met my my first mentor, marketing mentor, I, I, as I would say. But when I first met this guy, to give context, if you think of like corporate office, kind of like suits, like lawyer kind of thing, very traditional oil company. Uh, I was in the marketing department, very cool department, looks very clean, nice. And he was direct, my mentor was director of the time, probably in his 50s. And especially when you're a director that high up, First thing is first, like if you're starting the job, like for like three, four months, you're never going to talk to the director. You, there's that subtle fear already that you already have. They're like, oh crap, like I don't want to screw up, but like ever. But then all of a sudden, when I see him for this first time, this guy's like dressed, like he's not just in a suit, but he knew how to deck out his suit. Everything was clean cut. His shave was perfect. I was like, this guy's like a model or something. Like, man, like he's not a boss, but... He had that face though, clean shave, clean blazer. I remember it was, to give you a visual, it was like a very clean light blue with kind of like thick window pane blue blazer with blue slacks, had a like very solid tie, had a beautiful kind of like yellow and blue pocket square, walked by his beard was like trimmed perfectly, just like a like you would imagine like if Santa Claus had a perfect beard. But his eyes though, I remember his eyes, he turned to like look at me and that glare, I remember I had chills down my spine. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to know if I would ever want to like go up to that level just to meet this guy at all. So, But long story short, I would walk by his office here and there, and I would see him because in his office, he has like, like as a toy, I guess, to kill time. He has like these little hatchets that he throws at like this <laughs> target board, and he just throw it on his pastime. I'm like, okay, I really don't want to meet this guy now. Oh, no. If he gets pissed off, I mean, he's going to take a small hatchet and like throw it at my head or something. And he imagined it. So the very first time, um, I think I messed up with the project, or at least I thought I did. Um, There's something wrong with an account. He called me into his office. He was he's like, sit down. Have You want a drink? He, I'll, I'll get you Johnny Walker. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. And, he, and he, in a very strict tone, he's like, I insist. And I'm like, okay, like, oh, shoot. All right. He pours me a glass of whiskey. Johnny Walker puts it on the table next to me, puts uh, those cold like rocks in there, puts it in. He takes like his little toy hatchet and he fiddles with it. And I'm like, I'm just there just cold sweating. I'm like, oh man, he's going to throw that hatchet in my head. I'm screwed. He's like, oh, you know, Peter, I'm not mad at what you did. I want to actually praise you for what you did because... That actually helped us get us get us more accounts. It's really creative. And I was like, oh man, I, I just took a big breather. And I was like, oh man, I thought he was going to throw that hatchet at my head or at least get me drunk and kill me or something. But he, he was all like, no, it's all good. You did the right thing. By screwing up, you taught us something. So you're not in trouble. So technically you didn't screw up. We had a whole long talk. And turns out the scariest guy in, I ever met in my life is probably like the most well-dressed man and the coolest guy I've ever met. So, yeah. That's how he gets you. Like he preps you with like, I'm going to start throwing hatches. <laughs> so you see it. So when you come into my room and I, and I 
<laughs> or my office, I carry that hatchet. You got to freak out. That's a good, that's a good technique. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> Be careful of guys like that are dressed well. They have like little things hit, like hidden in their pockets. I swear that guy, he, he would pull out like stuff in his pockets, like his blazer or whatever, or his jacket in the meeting room. They're like, oh, like guys like struggling over and over. Like, oh, I got a knife. He pulls that out and knife. Goes, got it. I'm like, what do you have in there that I do not know? He's like, oh, I get my jacket's custom with the back pocket on his back. I'm like, oh, practical. Like, practical guy. But I'm like, damn, I'm like, what else you got in there? <laughs> like he's the ultimate dapper handyman. I'm like, oh man, this guy's cool. But now he's like a good mentor. I talk to him every once in a while, but I'm like, when I first met him, like there's certain people, probably people give me this vibe too. But when you see a guy that's like dressed in a suit, that it's like clean cut, you just get that weird vibe that they know something that you don't or, or you just have the resting beef face like I do or... I don't mean to say my old mentor has a resting beef face, but they have that face. <laughs> that <laughs> you, too late now. <laughs> too late now. See, that you just see and you're just like, oh man, that guy's going to either kill me or something's going to happen. Like you just get those vibes that you're like, oh man. It's, 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 a, it's a serious face. It's a serious business face with an ax, uh, a small ax. I don't know how big with the ax, but yeah, still an ax is an ax. No, and slowly I know what he feels because I've gone to Starbucks a couple of times at one of my old jobs and I was just getting Starbucks. I was like, okay, whatever. And then later on, like one of my coworkers called me while in my office like, hey, you know, a guy booked an appointment with you. And I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, he literally said, I'm looking for the well-suited guy. I think he was, he looks like a well-dressed Yakuza. <laughs> and I was like, I do give up that vibe. <laughs> well, hey, that's, this episode has a little bit of everything. It has oh, yeah. some... Like some freaky librarian, well, not librarian, sorry. What story is this? Who said this story? Uh, <laughs> Whoa, got another story to it's, add. It's CJ, CJ's a freaky librarian. <laughs> another story, another time, right, CJ? Uh, yeah. uh, creepy library, haunted library. Then we got Quark's night nightmares. Peter's poking a girl in the eye, and then seeing <laughs> one on the swings and haunted soldiers. I think we had one by somebody on the couch and somebody combing their hair, looking outside. Oh, and man. of course, careers. Crazy I think we, guy. Crazy, it's, crazy. It's a, and it's just great hearing all the careers too, where we, what we fear and how we overcame it and what we learned from it. Because I think all those needed to happen for us to prepare ourselves. Um, and as we prepare for Halloween weekend, uh, you know, Hopefully everybody has a great start on this podcast and listen to it as you prep for your Halloween weekend. Uh, and man, make sure to check out Seize the DJ. He had a new mix coming out. And Gwuk is, make sure to check out Gwuk too. If you're looking for a house that is not haunted, Gwuk will take care of you too as well. Uh, CJ and Gwuk, how, do, how does everybody find you? Sure. Uh, you can follow me at Siege the DJ. That's S-I-E-G-E the DJ on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, yeah, I, uh, like Tret said, I've been post. I'm uh, gonna get my mixes back up here. Um, so keep an eye out for those. Uh, those are all gonna be posted on mixcloud.com/slash siege the DJ, or just download the Mixcloud Cloud app as well. Yeah, and I'm kind of in the middle of rebranding, but uh, you can find me at facebook.com/slash property hacks. That's property H A X. Okay. So make sure to reach out to these guys. Uh, if you need a new mix in, at your new home, they'll get you covered. 
uh, you need some marketing, Peter will take care of you. If you need to communicate all that around and how to reach everybody, you can let me know and I'll communicate it out and get you everyone all squared. Uh, make sure to don't forget to subscribe and follow Hangout Talks on all your podcast listening channels and Instagram. And remember to follow us on Instagram too as well. Send us your questions or any questions about our ghost stories today that we want to share for next time. Uh, my Instagram is Mr. Good underscore all. Mine is Peter underscore the suited marketer. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today and forward to the next episode dropping next Wednesday. And yeah, like if you like Tret said, if you have any fears or lessons or things you want to talk about, let us know. Biggest takeaway from this. Your fears can only make you stronger. So don't run away from them. Except if it's the real ghost, I think you should run away. Or is the little girl that Peter <laughs> poked her eye? Make, run away from that. You're going to get in trouble. Uh, but seize the DJ, Frock or Gwok, or CJ and Gwok. Man, thank you guys for joining us tonight. We, we had a blast, honestly. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for having us again, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Can't wait for the next one. Absolutely. Have a good night, everybody. Or... Good morning if you're, if you're listening to driving to work. <laughs>